Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling on this Friday? We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were just going to leave it at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running on not much sleep, uh, but and then I never sleep on the weekend, ever. God forbid. Um, we got the birds on Monday night. I'm, I still don't know if I'm going. I mean, the tickets are <laughs> yeah, the I mean, they're just you know, in your they, neck of the woods, dude. They well, the same day Lana Del Rey is in Tampa. The Eagles are in Tampa, so the whole city is going to be just—it's already a disgusting, hot mess of shit, and it's going to be even worse. So I'm really questioning myself if I really want to go over and cross that bridge, which I don't like doing. Bad things only happen when you cross the bridge of. Why don't you just go see Lana in Tampa? I yeah, I could, but her tickets are much aren't that cheap either. It's a problem. Is NFL games? They just they think NFL fans are just absolutely loaded with money. Well, or I, they just know they're idiots and will buy them regardless. I think it's just so. the supply and demand of there being less events uh, compared to like a baseball game. Like kind of like the UFC's treating it now, where they so just they know when you week. come to town, you're like, "Hey, man, we're not going to come to town for another five years. These tickets are going to be six hundred dollars a piece just to get in the building." So I don't. Well, you won't see me in any my, events, uh, man. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, I might make an appearance at Raymond James Stadium. I might not. It's, it's very hot, and this, when you're up there in the three hundreds for the first hour or two of sunlight because the game's at 7.15, not 8.15 for, you know, whatever reason. Um, it's it's, it's kind of brutal. So we'll see. I mean, at least I might tailgate because my sister's going and a bunch of other people are going. Nobody wants to get me a ticket, but it's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, we do have some fight news to talk about. We have uh, plenty, actually, a, a bunch of fights were made, it seemed. Uh, we have you UFC what? What's the first one that was really like UFC two ninety five? I think two ninety five with Jones and Stipe. So Jones they needed and St- a co-main, right? It They've did been needing a co-main. And uh, you know, listen that that a card, that man. main event wow. alone is good enough. Where it was like, all right, I'm excited about that. The more Stipe's talking, the more I'm getting excited about it because he he looks like he's on the juice. Yeah, right? exactly. He looks, he, he looks good. He always, um, I mean, he always seems like when he takes these, it doesn't affect him the same way it does other people. It's like ring rust or whatever. This guy just, he's ready to go. He's been fighting fires, and then he gets into the, uh, after work, he gets in and throws throws the gloves on, throws some hands. Some of these times, he's absolutely jacked. Some of these times, he's not, but it looks like he's ready. I mean, you have to get up for this fight. You got to be ready to go to fight John Jones. So that fight itself was made a while ago, but now we got a co-main tie. We got. So this card, this card, I didn't realize there was nine fights that were fully, like, this card is good. Like, I, we'll get into the big ones, but like Joshua Van, Kevin Borjas, like two young flyweights. That's fun. Uh, Dern and Andrade. I love Diego Lopez, Pat Sabatini. That's a great fucking fight, dude. I love that fight. Matuz Rebetsky, Norolo Aliyev. Love that fight. Yeah. I even like Dennis Bazooka and Jamal Emmers. Like the 145 and 155, like Jared Gordon, Marco Matson. That'll be, you know, a grind fest. Uh, Matt Schnell, Steve Urseg. That could be good. Give me so, Steve Urseg for all the money that night, dude. I all think he's going to finish. I think he's going to dust that chin off. Matt Schnell straight left. Well, not not that he stinks. It's just more that guy can't take a punch whatsoever, and that's nope. it's a big. We, like, yeah. we always say it's a big uh, qualification for doing this job. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Andrade uh, I, I love too. This car, man. 
I yeah, mean, I don't know what's you know. I think Dern wins that one, but like you know, if she stays standing, she's gonna get beat hurt. Up. She could get hurt on the way in. That's that's the always the <laughs> magic of this. But Ty, I mean, you want to talk about an incredible one of the best co-main events probably we've seen in a long time. Yuri Prohaska's coming back, and he's fighting Alex Alex Pajeda Poetan for the vacant light heavyweight title. Five five minute rounds of these two two. Legitimate psychopaths. I couldn't imagine uh, matchmaking a fight of two more like alike in the in the fact that they are just literally insane. They both think that they are ancient warriors that are going to get yeah, in from there. Different culture. Yeah, from yeah, they're like just a different culture version of the other. <laughs> yeah. Now that you said that, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, they they both wear you know they'll they'll I think they've both painted their face. I think they've both worn headgear or dry, uh, apparel or apparel oh, attire. Yeah. Of other, uh, you know, culture. So yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, and they're both fucking terrifying human beings. How about that? Prohaska will sit in the dark for six days and just will fight his <laughs> demons, and you know, Pajeda will just Pro- be out there throwing like you know, like hunt, acting like he's hunting, and shooting a fake bow and arrow. It's listen, drowning Glover Teixeira in a in a river in somewhere. A river. You yeah, know, as for fun as his friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's just the kind of guys we're talking about here. But I saw some uh, instant. Uh, feedback on this fight that was like Prohoshka is going to walk through him. Uh, you know, we saw that Pajeda's, uh what's it called? His striking or his power doesn't translate to 205. And I was like, I didn't see. I mean, in, in the Jan Plahovic fight, I didn't necessarily see that. I mean, Jan Plahovic can, that, that's, he's top level of this division. So I'm not, I'm not going to use that fight as like, a, oh, well, he can't knock people out. Anybody at this weight can knock anyone out. That's, it's that simple. But, uh, I'd be curious to see what the odds are for this fight. I don't know if they've probably they probably already made them by now, but uh, Oof. hey, got I, so I heard you wanted to go to UFC. Alex Pajeda minus one thirty, by the way. I heard you wanted to go to UFC t- two ninety five. Well, you better start saving up. Six seventy seven, cheapest ticket. Yeah, uh, I got a TV. <laughs> It'll be better on TV than it will be in there. So we'll do a companion. Hey, uh, fuck, we might as well do that. That's we we have to nice. do one. We have to do one for sure sometime. I sure will. I definitely want to. I I would. I, I can't wait. To, I just can't wait for all all of these fights. I mean, that's just the first card. So you know, you got Jones Stipe, and then those. And we just went through all that. Then we have what two ninety six? I believe is the next one. That's in December. Yeah, December sixteenth. That was the uh, you know a lot of uh, rumors were were trying to target Chandler and Connor for this, but I don't think they're ever fighting, man. I, I, yeah, at this um, point, like we're not hearing anything. No one's talking about it. No one's asking any questions. There's no updates. I'm not really. I'm almost convinced that like he's never coming back at this point. Like that's. I don't. I don't know. I have no confidence in it whatsoever. Um. Yeah. I mean, all we're getting is you know videos of him on a stationary bike, very up close. Uh, of him on a stationary bike on a yacht, it appears in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Um, he always tries bulge, to get uh, pictures of his. I was gonna say of his hog out. hanging out. You're like, Dude. yeah, he loves it. He loves it. I mean, the Connor. Remember the Connor uh, Floyd? Um, was it the weigh in or the face off or the when he was bricked whatever? up? I mean, he was just you know. Yeah, I mean, how are you absolutely out? rocked up right now out on stage? But that's some European shit. You, that, that, that's some shit that just like that. You, it really is, honestly. That's you know, I different no culture to him, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it was like what summer, maybe, maybe sometime around March or May, where they announced Connor and Chandler were going to be the um, the Ultimate Fighter uh, coaches. So we've been kind of waiting all, at least a big portion of this calendar year for Connor Chandler. It's it's just it's not it's not coming. It's obviously not coming. I think 
I think that if you want to have any kind of um, anticipation for this fight, you got to like, you got to either hope for International Fight Week 2024, which is kind of crazy to think about, or maybe first quarter 2024. If it's not happening in January or February, they're going to push it back till July, I, I would imagine, but maybe never again. I don't, I don't know. I, it's just, I think they'll do it whenever they can. If the, they can actually get, I, I don't know what is really holding this up. I don't know if Connor doesn't want to fight or, I mean, I'm, it sauce. sounds like Chandler's ready to go. Yeah, like if he's still on the sauce, can he not pass a drug test? Do they not want to like <clears throat> circumvent USADA's authority or whatever? But I don't know. I just kind of, I've checked out of it mentally. I don't really care anymore because yeah. as much of a, Con, you know, I'm a big Connor fan. I fucking love Connor McGregor, but I can't really get too worked up about it. It's almost been two years. It's been two years, right? Two years since he's been in the octagon. 2021 was that yeah. was that when that fight was? Uh, I mean, I so. we're we're moving on cl- close to two and a half, three years now that we haven't seen Connor in the cage, and I'm kind of losing interest, you know, because I know when so he comes d- back, it's not going to be what I want it to be. It doesn't yeah. seem like. Listen, when I see you getting sauced up all the time, I'm not exactly confident that you're going to go out there and and win a fight. It's just that's just how that's just, just my personal opinion. What, I mean, what um, how old is he now? Is he 35, 36? No, I don't think he's. I think I think he's like thirty three. That's let's see, thirty five. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow. Just turns thirty six and oh, he just turned thirty. I'm sorry. So he's uh, just turned thirty five. That's that age, man. He's he's you know you keep letting time tick by you. Um, you're you're just you're not going to have anything left. John Jones is just it's it's kind of I guess it's kind of like crazy to me. John Jones is only one, almost exactly one year older than Conor McGregor. It's kind of yeah. crazy. They've had two completely different career arcs, man. It's uh, pretty well, remarkable. To the, le- to the to the legends. Yeah, you can't take away what those two have accomplished in this sport. But uh, how about I- I'm so glad that they finally made this fight, and that uh, I mean that now the shit talking really commence. UFC 296. The main event will be Leon Edwards defending his title against Chaos Colby Covington. Man, now you can go through and argue whether he deserves it or if you know what well, this is the right fight to make, but. This well, we they were all oh, they said right away this is what it was going to be, and they finally made it. Uh, and my opinion has not changed on this. I think Colby is going to beat the brakes off Leon Edwards, but that wow, that's my personal opinion. I not, not I should guess I shouldn't say beat the brakes off. He's just gonna he's just gonna fucking smother him, man. That's it. Just it, this fight's gonna what be in Las Vegas? Yeah, it's yeah. There's no sort of elevation or anything at play. I think Leon's going to have good takedown defense, but I think it's not going to be the problem. He might stop the first five or six, but I think it's going to look a lot like, not as bad, but kind of like the Masvidal fight where it just kind of like overwhelms him at a certain point where he's just, because unless he not, I mean, which he definitely could, he has that kind of power to knock Colby out, but I think he's not going to be in that kicking range the whole fight. Like Colby's going to be in his face throwing hands the entire time. So if he can knock him, maybe hurt him, which we've seen Colby get hurt, but I don't know that my opinion is is a Colby Covington decision that kind of just is a boring fight, but he wins. Colby Covington, thirty five years old, so yeah. he would change. Uh, he would join Tyra Woodley as the only thirty five plus year old fighter to win a fight, uh, win a championship fight in between the flyweight and I believe middleweight divisions. Could be wrong. Um, yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a really good fight. Colby hasn't fought in what a year and a half. Uh, uh, Leon hasn't fought in about seven months, eight, nine months, maybe six months, something like that. Um, earlier this year, so yeah, March. 
Yeah, I think I think Leon gets it done. I think Leon gets it done. I think he's going to definitely outstrike him. I think he might be able to hurt him. Um, I, I think Colby's Colby's um, he's going to struggle to get in the ground. It's going to look kind of weird, you know, because he's much better wrestler this and that. But I think I think his age. I think maybe not ring rust, but again, I think he's just going to slow down a little bit. It's it's not going to be too too noticeable. But I think his his takedown numbers, when all said and done in this fight, are not going to look great. Maybe he still gets it done, though. Honestly, I think it's it could be a close fight, but I, I don't know, man. I think Leon, um, I think he's at a great point in his career. I think this is the best version of himself. I think he still has a little bit left to improve on, kind of like Alexa Grasso. She's, what, 30, 31? You know, she still has a little bit to work on, but she's come a long way. Leon's come, I mean, such a long way. Remember, he, um, he, he lost that third round and, uh, you know, made me a little nervous when he fought Gunnar Nelson. <coughs> I remember that. And I was like, man, this, this guy, you know, this guy's undefeated. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, he actually was not undefeated at the time, I believe, but, um, cause he lost to Usman and Claudio Silva back in the day. But even then, man, like he's, you know, he had that Seth Pazinski, what, eight second knockout. And then he kind of just, you know, was getting a bunch of decisions. He almost didn't knock out Peter Sabata, that dude. Yeah. Um, he couldn't finish Cowboy. And then he was in that split with uh, Gunner. But then I think beating RDA really, you know, I know it wasn't the prime, prime RDA, but that was 2019. RDA still had some left. For sure. And I think that kind of elevated him. And he was ready to um, honestly go on a nice run, go on a championship run. And then COVID hit and he just got fucked over. You know, he was supposed to fight Chimaev, what, three times? Like, I don't think he would have won, but he was also supposed to fight Tyron Woodley. He was also supposed to fight Nate Diaz before he, you know, ended up uh, beating him. Um Beating, you know, beating him with absolute ease, other than thirty seconds of the last round, but won won um, the contest, but lost the war, I guess, uh, in, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, because that happening did not, you know, that's all we if remember there was, really from that. If fight. there was no time limit, Nate Diaz would have won, is what people have told me. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's just that when, when you get put on skates by like that by anybody, it's like that's not that's all look, we remember. Right. I mean, yeah, what uh, what fight was I? I was in AC, and Ke- I think it was Kevin Lee and Edson Barbosa. And Edson Barbosa hit Kevin Lee with this spinning like heel kick that just grazed the top of his head, and he started doing the chicken dance. I can't tell you <laughs> what he won the fight. I can't tell you what else happened in that fight other than him doing that chicken dance and me losing my fucking mind in the stands. So, I mean, those Were moments. Were you also doing matter. the chicken dance? Uh, no, I was rooting for Kevin Lee at him inside the distance, and then they stopped the fight uh, in between the fourth and fifth round. I believe was was what happened. Oh wow! But, Fuck yeah! Yeah, shout out. That was the same night that uh, Ricky Simone choked out Marab, and uh, the fight oh, ended after it. Mark Goddard stepped in and said, he, "If he can't stand up, the fight's over." And they they, stand, <laughs> they ended the fight. So that was a uh, that was a good night. But um, uh, also a great referee there. Yeah, uh, and in the co-main of this is they're running back or they're not running back, but uh, Pantoja and Roy Val. Is that is that true? Is that really? What yeah, I think that. I believe that's a rematch, right? Or no? I think yeah. No, I I I, I thought Pantoja um, dusted him off. He couple, did. He rear naked choked him ago. in 2021. So I, I, I've never been a big Brandon Royval guy. I don't know. No, me either. But <clears throat> his last three fights, he's nifty he's though. Like, he's like a little. He's little. You know, he, he figures a way out all the time. But it's yeah. just I don't. Know. I mean, you got to think of since he's come to the UFC, man. He's only lost to Moreno and Pantoja, um, and the Moreno fight was. I want to say fluky. I mean, he probably was losing. He was going to lose that fight. You know, seven, eight, nine uh, time, times out of ten. But shoulder. the shoulder injury. Yeah. You know. I had Bontarine in that fight. It was a very close fight, but 
he edged it out, and then he just you know ran through Matt Schnell and honestly ran through Mateus Nicolau. I had Nicolau also in that fight. I believe so that too. Knee, yeah. That knee was nasty, and his his striking's just gotten better. Uh, he's he's he kind of reminds me in a in a way of Nate Diaz a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys because he's a little, he's big for the weight class. He's long, he's quick, good athlete, but he's got nasty jujitsu. I just uh, I, I can't I can't. I can't um, pinpoint him as a champion. I can't see no. that happening. I think he's going to get pieced up on the feet. I think if he tries to go to the ground with Pantoja, Pantoja has pound for pound some of the best jujitsu in the UFC. Um, one of the nastier, um, you know, when he has your back, it's pretty much over. There's some guys when they get your back, it's it's probably over. Uh, Ricardo Hamos on this card is one of those guys, um, or on this, the weekend's card, I should say. Um, Pantoja is the same way. So I'll be very interested to see how that fight goes. Honestly. But those two fights back to back are very good. Um, maybe there's maybe the main event's a snoozer, I guess, right? I, if Colby it could just takes be. it down and sits on him, but you know, I don't I think, I don't think it will be, but it could be. I think it's you have to you have to think it could. It's Colby's Colby's usually high volume on the feet for what it's worth, so you know, I, I don't think it'll be a snoozer, but we'll see. Uh, if Leon's like not able to stop the takedown, it will be. But if, if right. he is, then it's going to be a good fight, I think. So the main and co-main, good pairing, 295, great pairing. Like I like how they're starting these two cards off. They still got some work to do for 296. I mean, it only has two fights compared to nine for 295, but <clears throat> I'm sure, you know, hopefully the, the, these, uh, the main and co-main can at least stay together until we get there. Hopefully. Cool. Colby Covington is a plus one fourteen underdog to Leon Edwards is minus one thirty. So there's gonna Damn. that's gonna be a definitely a wagerable uh, uh, affair that night. Uh, so what did you say Pereira the Pereira line was? It was similar plus one ten. Okay. Uh, here we go plus one ten one minus one thirty and minus one. And John Jones probably a big favorite. I would assume uh, minus four twenty on Caesars Man. minus four forty on Fanduel. I gotta be honest, Ty. <laughs> I might be on Steve. That uh, might just the value. That's too much value. I mean, I think he still wins, but uh, what is him inside? I, I do. You can't get it right now, but I mean, inside the distance is going to be what? Give me John Jones sub. Easy work. I, I probably. I hey man, we have a Round lot of time. Sub. There's a lot of time for me to change my mind till then. But uh, yeah, that's any other fights that we should talk about before we uh, move Stipe, on. By the way, forty one. Years old. Yeah, it's forty one. Heavyweight's years. a little different though. I don't. Um, it is, but that's a little. That's a little much. That's a little much. I agree. I agree. But uh, anything else? Uh, uh, any other um, fights that we really should be breaking down or talking about? Well, we were about? supposed to have David Dvorak, Tatsuro Tyra. That would have been honestly a big step for Tyra, but that got canceled. Um, I, th- I thought I saw a couple. Uh, Puna Haley, Soriano, and Dustin Soltz. Yeah. Oof. yeah no, I'm okay. I'll be there. I will be, I will be there no matter what. Misha Tate. Just, oh, you know. I saw that. Well, yeah, who cares? Uh, so it's two the two two fighters I absolutely despise watching. Misha Tate and Julia Avila are going to get in there together and uh, do some nasty things. Um, in a fight, in a cage, in a fight, in a cage. Lucas Alexander, David Onama, that'll be a scrap. I, I can't wait for that one actually. Um, Mick Park and your boy said he wants to fight Kyo Machado. So two freshly signed contender series alum. I mean, the, Dana's just taking these guys. If you if you dr- fight to a draw on the contender series, he'll probably sign you. So, um, yeah, so some of these fighters already getting their, uh, their first go at it in the UFC. Nathaniel Wood, Muhammad Naimov, that'll be a fucking banger. Muhammad Naif, Naimov, scary guy. That's a 294. So, 
We got plenty, uh, plenty of stuff coming up. When is two ninety four? Oh, that's the one in um, Abu Dhabi. So we're, we're going to get to that one. But uh, another nice uh, loaded card. Is this uh, UFC Vegas seventy nine that we're about to talk about? It's one of the, it's, it's 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 UFC Vegas something. Yeah, well, we're back in the apex. It's been a little bit since we've been back there, which is uh, I would say a good thing. But uh, we have a whole seventy nine. Yes, it is seventy nine. Thank God. I, I thought I was. Thought You're I had on the ball, baby. Right there. But uh, yeah, man, I did, did, little, did my research today, baby. Uh, Hafi Al-Faziv, Matus Gamrat. Now, if you were in a lab cooking up a fight just for fun, this would be, uh, I mean, let alone all the rankings and stuff like that, this is an absolute banger of a fight to just have, no matter what is comes before this. And this card overall is pretty good, I would say, for a uh, fight night uh, comparison, wouldn't you say? It's I not mean, that bad, no, for sure, honestly. I, I, I was kind of shitting on it, but then I was looking at it, I'm like, you know, this... It's it's a small little card. It's not going to be like a seven-hour whole thing, you know what I mean? Like, and we've seen some bad I, ones. Yeah, yeah, we have. And I don't I don't think this is necessarily a bad one, so... Or, or an awful one. I mean, the main... It's all... It's... A lot of times comes down to the main event, right? You know, is the main event worth watching Hannah Goldie so no i guess we'll <laughs> no so uh but well it is kind of but it's just you know i won't be locked in that or i mean this is a four o'clock start which is a little earlier i guess they want to get out of the way of boxing i don't know it, it always puzzles me why they start these fights or these cards when they do i mean this is gonna be one o'clock local time for these people to be getting in the cage just like a fucking 1 a.m or 1 1 p.m kickoff in the nfl so uh but like we said, Rafael Faziv, Matus Gamrot. Gamrot is coming off of, I believe, a win against Jalen Turner, a split decision, which was, you know, a little closer, I guess, than it should have been. Um, I think that was when I decided I'm never betting uh, Gamrot again. Uh, and then before that, he kind of got embarrassed by Benil Daryush. He really just couldn't get anything going in that fight. And Faziv is coming off of a loss to Justin Gaethje uh, the same night as the Edwards Usman card. Uh, in which in a fight where he probably won the first round and then lost those preceding two rounds, but you're talking about Justin Gaethje, who's top two, three fighters in the lightweight division in the world. So, really, you know, like we talk about, I can't really hold that all against that. And same thing with Gamrot in the Daryush fight; you can't really hold that against some of these guys when things don't go their way. But uh, odds wise, here we have minus one fifty five for Hafi Al Faziv, plus one thirty for Matus Gamrot. Um, I really like Faziv in this spot, I'm going to say, before we get into the whole what we're going to bet. I don't know if there's a number here. I mean, maybe Moneyline is just the way to go and just kind of, you know, you have to pay the juice. Like, because I don't know if he's going to, I don't think he's going to finish Matus. I don't, I mean, it's definitely possible, but I don't like decision or uh, finish here in this fight. Matus has never been finished, and he, you know, he got hit with an absolute nuke from Benil Daryush, and he just rolled right over and got right back into it. It was a little scary the way he recovered. This guy's in incredible shape. He doesn't get tired, it seems. Um, has he been all five rounds is the question, though. I, I'm sure he has. But Yeah, I, he was with Sarukian. Okay, that's right. And that was a great fight. So Great fight. I guess, uh, really, I just don't know what we could bet here. I, I know the side I like. I think this is going to be contested mainly on the feet, and I think it's going to be, you know, if Fazeev has his way, it's going to be a slower little, you know, technical battle, but Gamrot's got to make it ugly. And uh, Fazeev, although he's, what, three inches smaller, he's going to have a reach advantage of just a one inch, but it's just the fact that that's, you know, a two-inch uh, height advantage for Matus, but a one-inch reach advantage for 
the Tiger Muay Thai student. Uh, he's a coach there too, Rafael. Yeah, Aziz, I was gonna say. So. I think he's, I think he's like um, a leader. How, yeah, he's a leader. Shout out to the leader. But uh, what do you like here? I guess uh, I, I talked a little too much there. Um, no, I think it's you know there's kind of a lot to talk about. I know it seems like conventional grappler versus striker, but um, both guys are just really good, uh, solid all around. Can do a little bit of everything. Um, I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth. I think um, I think I have Fazeev. I think uh, the Jalen Turner fight wasn't a the best look. Uh, I know he won, but it was close. He didn't, you know, he got knocked down. Um, his, his strike output was low. He was kind of just, you know, just only wanted to get to the ground. I think Fazeev has a little bit of takedown defense. I think his takedown defense is very high, if I am not mistaken. It's 90%. Um, he got taken down by Artie Ailing a couple times. Other than that, he's only been taken down by Brad Rivera. I guess Justin Gaethje took him down, but <laughs> people don't know. J- Justin Gaethje is a wrestler. That's That's who he is at heart. That's where he started. Um, and Fazeev has gotten a couple takedowns over his career, but obviously, you know, he's going to keep it striking. Um, has a negative punch, uh, significant strike land it ratio. Uh, I think that a lot of that might be because of the Bobby Green fight, but it seems like Fazeev kind of reminds me a little bit of Cheeto Vera. Like he'll take some shots, but he's always going to hit harder and he's always going to, you know, be more well-rounded. Uh, obviously he's got the amazing kicks. He's a great athlete. Um, his hands still getting better. The Riddell fight was was you know up until the knockout was close ish, um, but I think he I, th- I just think he does enough to win three rounds here. I, I maybe he can lose the fourth or fifth. Maybe he gets tired, um, and maybe Gamrot can uh can get him down. Gamrot has a just a unique style of wrestling. I feel like he goes for what low singles, uh, something that doesn't you know you don't really see in MMA that much. And, um, you know, his takedown accuracy isn't great, but he's going to get you down. He's going to shoot a lot of times. I think Jalen Turner, he was like 4 of 12. Uh, Dariush, he was 4 of 19. Uh, Armin Sarukian, he was 6 of 21. So he's relentless, man. And, you know, if Fazio gets tired or he over, you know, throws a spinny shit or a big head kick or overextends, you know, he might be fucked. I'm not sure. But uh, I think <clears throat> I think I'm going to stay away from the main event betting-wise because I, I, I don't have – uh, success betting main events for one and two. I just I don't know. I, I lean Fiziev, but um, I can see this going either way. I can see this going anyway. So I'm gonna tell you people that you probably should just take the money line and just get out of there. I think that's I think that's the smart thing to do. But I'm not smart, so I'm not gonna <laughs> do that. I'm gonna take Fiziev TKO, and on Fanduel I can get it at plus one ninety. So I think. If he's going to do it, it's going to be a TKO, and I think he's been dropped. How many times has uh, Gamrot been dropped in these recent fights? I mean, Gu- did Guram drop him, right? Armin Sarukian dropped him, Daryush. Like, a lot of these people, and like you said, Jalen Jalen Turner dropped him too, right? I mean, yeah. It, it just, I, I, it's not to say that he can't recover, but this is a, you know, you're going 25 minutes with an elite striker, and Fazeev is very at the very top of the lightweight, and even in the UFC, of just technical striking ability. Uh, yeah. you know, and there's a reason he's, you know, the coach down there. So I, I would, I'm just going to hope that Fazeev finds a way to get it done, uh, and just gets him out of there. I mean, Gamera, like he's never been finished, but he's also been in a couple of wars of recent, you yeah. know, so this isn't exactly well, Jeremy Stevens or Diego Fajeda. This is, you know, you know, Sarukian, Daryush and Turner have all been battles where he has, you know, had to, and that's all just in the last year, pretty much. So, 
I guess what I would say is, do you think Gamrot would fight Justin Gaethje to a very close fight? I don't think so. I think that would be bad so. news for, for Mr. Gamrot. So, yeah, yeah I think not, MMA math doesn't always work, but I do think Fiziev has enough tools here to get it done. Get taken down a couple times, sure, but, you know, you can get taken down, but I want you to get up, work your way back, yeah. work to the fence, you know what I mean? And I think he can do that. I think he might be the stronger fighter, maybe. I'm not, I never know how to... How to go, um, you know, calculate that, really, I guess, besides maybe looking at their physique. But even then, that doesn't really matter. I mean, look at Alexa Grasso. Does she, you know, do you think she's stronger than Valentina Shevchenko? Probably not, but she hits harder. So you're like, hey, you know, very hard to really know. But, yeah, I think Fiziev, uh gets it done here. I think he has enough enough to at least win three rounds, maybe more. And, uh, you know, if it stays standing long enough, dude, he can definitely knock him out. He can definitely hurt him. And you know, if he has you hurt, <clears throat> he's going to follow up and get you out of there. So. Yeah, it's – I really probably shouldn't – you shouldn't – if you don't like the money line here, you probably shouldn't bet this Like, because uh, I just – I don't feel confident, but that's kind of – I'm trying to do the stuff that it, like I think – like what I think is going to happen and then – or what I think should happen, then I just try to kind of go the opposite sometimes. That's like uh, – the Contender Series showed me that like that fucking uh, – what was his name? Gaziev. Just submitting that big pig after he knocked him down like that, I was like, of course. I should have known whatever the plus 400 thing was was going to hit, and it wound up hitting, you know? So, um, how about Bryce Mitchell getting back in there, Absolute, man? absolute pig. He was, I mean, dude, he was a pig. I didn't realize that they were like, yeah, he stopped training uh, for 10 years. I'm like, what? Then he gets back, and I'm like, "Oh, the guy." Yeah, he was with the Padres. Yeah, no, that was Greg Velasco. <laughs> that, that's uh, I thought you. Oh no, I that's who you're talking about. Gaziev. Gaziev oh. is the one who stopped. Who just stopped training? He's like, I had to get job. I have to, and then he's like, uh, I, I decided to come back, and now he's like, tr- was training with Surreal Gone or something like that. And well, he's the first fighter from Bahrain to get a contract. So well, he's actually there from Dagestan. Go. That's what I was cracking me up. I'm like, dude, he's from Dagestan. He's just training out of Bahrain, which I'm like, okay. Rep in Bahrain. Good for you, man, but who cares? Uh, how about Bryce Mitchell's getting back in there, dude, against 50K Dan Ige. This is – I love match. I love the UFC, man. They, ma- they match make incredible. This is going to be a fun fight. Minus 200 for Bryce Mitchell, plus 165. Bryce Mitchell saying that uh, he'd beat the shit out of Ilya Taporia if he got the chance again. Not so sure about that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Dan Ige is coming off of, I believe, a win, right? Yeah, two wins in a row. Nate Landwehr, which uh, that was a fun fight. And uh, what was that Nunez Aldana? Oh, my God. that that Those are some of those nights where they just leave my brain immediately. <laughs> uh, UFC 289. Never heard of her. Yeah. I mean, Charles Oliveira, that was it, though. Mike Malott, Dan Ige, uh, Nate Landwehr. Was that Canada where my yeah. entire night got ruined? Yeah. Mark andre Barriol. sweep. Yeah, there wasn't a Canadian that lost on that whole card, dude. That was unbelievable. Yeah, Steve I, I, bet, I bet against like all of them. Shout out Steve so. Ursig, by the way. Uh, so I guess, Ty, I would ask you, what do you like in this fight? I mean, Dan Ige, I, is he going to get just taken down and mauled like it seems like Bryce Mitchell does with everyone but Ilya Taporia? Um, I mean, you know, Bryce Mitchell has that farm boy strength. And he also, I, f- I feel like he's a little underrated with his hands, right? He was touching up Taporia a little bit before he and got Barbosa. before the finish. Drop Barbosa, I, I yeah. think. Um, you know, obviously that's not that's not the um, the path he wants to take for sure, especially a, you know in a in a three rounder. But I think it being a three rounder might help Ige a little bit. I think you know his takedown defense isn't great, but it's it's getting better. His, his get up game is getting better. A lot of that is you know Mozar Evloev. 
And Mozar Evloev is a fucking tank. I mean, that guy is going to take down pretty much everybody he fights multiple times. I think, I think he fought, uh, he fought Bryce Mitchell, yeah? No, Mozar? No, no, he no. did not. Okay, he was, I thought he was supposed to, but. I thought so too. But yeah, he was. Be, it was a canceled okay. out. Twice. Um, Jeez. So, I think, I think just in my gut, I think I'm going to take Dan Ige money line. Um, I think it, the big question is, can he create separation from those takedowns? Like, can he, you know, keep him at range, keep him away from him, and just, you know, lull him into a striking match? I mean, he's going to be the shorter guy, but he's got a longer reach. Uh, I think three pounds of height he's giving up. Uh, he lands, you know, almost one and a half more strikes per minute. Uh, he absorbs a lot more, but, uh, I mean, he's just a much, much better all-around striker. Bryce Mitchell does have some, like, awkward uh, sidekicks, I guess, that he uses. But, uh, in general, I, honestly, I think, you know, Ige has that wrestling background, I believe. Um, he's in a good camp, right, with Strickland and them. Yeah, uh, He's never been submitted. Um, he was in that, that nasty uh, arm triangle against um, my boy, the Bosnian fellow. Um, Mirsad Bektic, and he my, didn't tap. My boy, the Bosnian fellow. <laughs> the Bosnian, my Bosnian, my Bos. I used to fucking love Mirsad Bektic. Um, and then he won that fight by split, but he got out of a, I mean, nasty, nasty arm triangle. Um, and it, he's, you know, he's had some, just, um, he's had some ups and downs, man. He's, he really has. And I, I kind of started to doubt him after, um, I guess the Evloev fight, after the Emmett fight, after the Korean zombie fight. I was like, man, I, Think he might think he might be done, or at least you know done at the uh, higher level. But he's won two in a row. I know you know the the Damon Jackson fight. I had I had uh, Ige inside the distance, and uh, I was waiting a little too long for him to you know get that finish. But he got it, and then he beat Nate Landwehr in a fight where he got the takedown. Nate Landwehr again, two guys that aren't the best in Damon Jackson, and Nate Landwehr. But I do have a lot of concerns about Bryce Mitchell. Uh, in general, not even just the way he fights and, and whatnot. I feel like his, his ceiling's definitely capped. Uh, I don't think he'll ever fight for a belt or anything. I just, you know, his takedown game is, you know, he goes after it, but accuracy is not good. He's very sloppy. Um, I just, you know, there's a lot going on with him outside the cage. He's not the smartest guy. His fight IQ has never really been that good. He's just kind of gotten away with, with things. Um, you know, the whole thing with his girlfriend, him trying to break into her house and all that, that's just never a good look. Um, so I feel like that might, you never know, might play a factor in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I like Danny Gay here a lot. Um, really? I'm not confident. I'm not confident in Danny Gay really ever, but I think he's, he's on a roll now. He's with a good camp. He's finally, uh, you know, He's got off the schneid, if you will, losing four out of five. I mean, I'm sure he thought he was done. He got taken down like 15 times in that span. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for him to continue his winning ways. I just get me to a split decision, and I'll feel really good about this value. Uh, just don't get you know 30 27. But hey, it's, it's definitely a possibility. That's why Bryce Mitchell's the favorite. I just think this line's a bit a bit stretched out, just a little bit. So give me Danny Gay money line. Wow. Ige money line. Your first bet of the night is a plus one seventy. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Mitchell decision minus one hundred five. That's mm. that is my pick. I just think uh, Ige has shown that he, although can stop the takedown, he eventually does get taken down. I think 
Mitchell's going to win enough minutes in this fight. I think it's just going to kind of be a really close. Like you said, like this could go either way. So I guess I agree with your bet. Just kind of, you know, if it's going to be that close, why don't I take the plus one seventy underdog? Uh, I'm just going to think that the takedowns and the groundwork is just going to, you know, win him some minutes, win him enough of this fight. But if this fight stays standing, he's going. I think he's going to sleep. So because Ige throws awesome. hard, man. But how about? Okay. Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Waterson Gomez. Okay, make sure you get that name right when you say it. It's Waterson Gomez. She has been on a little bit of a losing streak since she picked up the Gomez in her name. It's uh, not been a good look, but she is a plus what two hundred underdog here, two fifty, two seventy five. To Marina Rodriguez is minus three ten three hundred. Uh, I mean, really, there's this just screams to me, stay away. Uh, I don't. I mean, they just fought. Yeah, like, like, why are we running it back? I don't get it at all. They have nothing to do with either one of these ladies, so they're just having them fight. So I, I guess I they're both on. They're on a combined five fight losing streak. I guess they're like, you know what? One of the loser gets cut. Yeah, like, uh, and Marina, I, I am so done with her after some of these recent performances. I just, you know, I, I not not only can you not trust her, it's just. She gets finished by Amanda Lamos, which is, you know, that's uh, probably everybody could have, that could have happened to. But she got dominated by Verna John Jaroba, which uh, maybe yep. that's more to say about what John Jaroba had going on. But Bad matchup. Yeah, I just think this is a bad matchup for Michelle. I think this is probably a decision. Uh, this is a decision either way, obviously. And I think probably... Rodriguez, is the, I mean, I don't understand what what's going to be different here in this fight. The decision is minus one fifty five. I'm not betting this fight, so I'm going to stay away and want nothing to do with it. But I, I really, I mean, I guess that's probably the the way to go here. I don't think she, I, I don't see Michelle Waterson Gomez getting finished here. Yeah, probably not. Right? I mean, she got finished against uh, Amanda Lemos in that that guillotine, but kind of kind of crazy that Michelle Waterson Gomez six and seven in the UFC. I feel like she had so much success, but she also didn't really. And she fought, you know, kind of the best of the best, at least at certain points. Carla, Joanna, Tisha, uh, Rose, Marina, Amanda Lemos. I mean, that's a lot of title winners and contenders. So she's had a great career. I remember I was at her fight with, uh, who was it? Was it Carolina? Yeah. At in, the, Philly. Uh, in Philly. And uh, man, she looks, seeing her like, you know, close up and, you know, when she was doing her uh, so training, fast, she looks, yeah. uh, so fast and so fine, but um, I, I just, you know, I don't really know what else she has other than um, like the good, her, her sidekicks, you know, like those are good. They definitely keep, you know, keep uh, people away in that distance. And when she's fighting somebody taller and longer, it can kind of, you know, bridge that gap, but that's it. You know, she doesn't really have hands. Um, she's, I wouldn't say a punching bag. I think she, I think she does a good job of absorbing, not absorbing the full damage of a shot, if you will, but she gets hit a lot. You know, her strikes, she's not going to win striking battles ever. Um, she's not that fast. She doesn't really have power. Doesn't throw good combos. Like <clears throat> her fight IQ is not the best. We've seen that happen. Multiple fights of hers. Um, I think it was the Marina, Go Mar the first Marina Rodriguez fight. She tried to throw, she tried like an arm and uh, head and arm throw. I think unless that was against Luana Pinheiro, I'm not sure. Um, Low volume, you know, she doesn't really ever have high volume, like here and there, but, um, you know, I, I just think Marina Rodriguez has her covered everywhere. I mean, 
she dominated her. She dominated her in the first fight. It was what a five rounder, I believe, and um, the first three rounds anyway. She dominated her, and then she kind of got tired, got taken down, and then she wasn't able to get back up. That's the st- that's the story of Marina Rodriguez's career. She dominates people on the feet, goes to the ground. She doesn't know what she's doing. Just has no idea what she's doing. I, I couldn't believe the Randa Marcos fight. That was in like 2018. I was watching. I couldn't believe she had no idea how to get up from the ground with random Marcos yeah. on top of her. That chick was like 12 and 12 in her career. <clears throat> Sneaky hot also. But like, what the fuck, man? I, I just, I've, I've always liked Marina Rodriguez because I've seen her hands. I mean, remember she knocked out Amanda Hiba. She, you know, she was the first one to expose, not the first one. I think the first one was, um, uh, Pollyanna Viana to expose, uh, Amanda Hibas's chin, but at the UFC level, man, that was Poirier McGregor. She fucking, yeah. she had her on ice skates. So like we, we can, we've seen what she can do, but now you're starting to see her get older, right? She's 30. She, she kind of hit the UFC at 31, 32. Like that's when she blew up, which is your, your prime as an yeah. athlete. But now, you know, that, that you're 31 fighting, uh, you know, earlier in the middle of your career, 35, 36, right around the corner. And here we are 36 years old. Uh, she turns 37 next, uh, let's see, April. Have the, have the count real quick. So, like, she's probably done. Michelle Waterson Gomez, I think we know, is pretty much done. This is just, just kind of like a waste of time, I feel like. Honestly, I feel like Marina, Marina Rodriguez to win by decision is the most obvious bet here. I'm sure it's probably minus 150 or higher, but yep. um, that's what I would – I'm not going to bet it just because I'm not betting either one of these women, but – uh, especially Marina Rodriguez. I made a very mental note to myself to never bet her again. So I will be staying away. Yep. And I'm agree- I'm in agreement. Like the pick is minus 155 Rodriguez decision, yeah. but I'm not putting it on the card because I just, yeah. I like you said, it, mental note was made after that Van- uh, Verna <laughs> Jandaroba fight. Not doing never that. Never again. And I could see a world where Michelle Watterson takes her down and, like you said, she could, she could definitely get her down. But. She didn't do it last time, and what what like what would make you think that it's going to happen this time? You know, I, I don't exactly. And what was when was that? That was a main event, dude. That was five rounds. <laughs> yeah, God, what a horrible That's how night. Pathetic. Alex Morano knocked out Donald Cerrone that night. That oh man, I had money on Mr. Uh, Neil Magny beat Jeff Neal. What a night, Jesus! Gregor Gillespie knocked out Diego Fajeda. Got back in the whatever. Ha- I Your mean, boy. he's still he's st- where is he? The gift. I don't know. The uh, gift. I mean, he, he fought that one time. He came back after getting sent to the shadow realm, but then you never saw him again. Kind of just had to get yeah. that win back. But well, he, he was making a bunch of you know <laughs> social media posts, right? The, the, He's a Trump, right? Posting. Is that what's going? Yeah, on? yeah I, mean, I, thought he, I thought he was posting some wild things around uh, January sixth. I'm sure he's one he of those was. fellas. Good job, guys. <laughs> you're like, oh, dude, relax. You know, get in there. You're like, dude, no, that's not what you're supposed to. You're on the wrong side here, pal. Seven and one in the UFC, very uh, forgotten about yeah. fighter, I think, right? Yeah, Gillespie, and without that uh, Kevin Lee like head kick to oblivion, I mean, he's probably just... like fighting for a title at some point, right? I mean, also beat Sydney Sydney Allo on the regional scene, so kind of a and Chepe Mariscal, wow. so a very uh, underrated. You know, when you look at it, yeah, honestly, but he's just uh, I don't know where he is. Is it? He doesn't. Know where also, he fighting is. out of <laughs> he still doesn't know. He still doesn't know where he is. So, how about Brian Battle, my boy? This is my boy getting in there against AJ Fletcher. Uh, AJ Fletcher is a guy who has cost us some money in the past. I uh, don't know if we. I don't remember who we had in the Garimbo fight, but uh, he lost. Definitely to not Definitely didn't. Yeah, definitely didn't pick Garimbo. But uh, 
Matthew Semmelsberger took a loss to him. So he's 1-2 and two in the UFC. Brian Battle is coming off of an elimination of, uh, what was his name, Gabe Green, who kind yeah. of just lost his mind and ran across the octagon throwing bombs. He also missed weight for that, Mr. Uh, Battle. He did. He did. Uh, and his only loss is to, uh, in the UFC is to Fakhradinov, who probably would have done that to anyone. So I don't He absolutely that. walked him through hell and back. That yeah, and brutal. he didn't get finished, though. That's I always give people credit for that. He did not quit, and he could have quit. There was plenty of opportunity to quit in that fight. Would you say he won the he won the war, but he lost the battle? Uh, yeah. oh, you know what? You are fucking. Uh, <laughs> he's fighting fucking um, Zaleski, dude. That, that's the next fight that they're that'll be a, those two. I that'll mean, be a, that'll be scary. Fakadino's probably gonna walk through him, but that's in somebody's November. getting fucking walked down. So back to this fight though, Gabe Green or Gabe Green, Jesus Christ. Uh, Brian Battle is a minus one ninety favorite to AJ Fletcher's plus one fifty one sixty. I love Brian Battle. I don't know if there's a bettable side here. Uh, I don't like I, I, AJ Fletcher. I believe has never been finished. So and these guys kind of you know nine and two versus ten and two. They're very similar in that sense. I don't know. I just AJ. I don't know. What, what, I guess I'll, I'll wait to hear what you say before I give my final determination. Yeah, AJ Fletcher, uh, shortest reach in the division, I believe. He's got a uh, ten inch reach at disadvantage in this fight with Brian Battle. The thing is, Brian Battle fights on the back foot every fight. That's yep. what he does. He backs up and he fights off of his back foot all the time. So I don't think that will matter, and I think he's probably lined as the favorite because of the Gabe Green elimination. Uh, you know, I think if they run it back, Gabe Green probably beats him. Maybe. Oh come on. Yeah, I think so. Um, Takashi Sato, I mean, you know, he knocked him out. That was all, all fun and well, but uh, that guy was cooked by then. Um, the Urbina fight, when he made his debut, it was getting real sketchy up until the, the rear naked choke. I, I just don't think he's that good. He's tough. He's very tough. But um, even the Trayshawn Gore fight, he got taken down a couple times. I think A.J. Fletcher, listen, I, I don't think he has bad cardio. I just think he has bad pacing. You know, I think the Angelusa fight, he went out like a fucking wild man. And then, he, you know, he was cooked after one. I think, you know, he, um, I thought he fought really, really well with Matthew Semmelsberger. And that was his first UFC fight. Like, pretty tough to, um, to, to fight that guy, you know, even as a seasoned vet, let alone, uh, you know, whatever he was, eight, eight, one fighter. Uh, I don't think he has the best striking in the world for sure. I mean, or the best fight IQ. Uh, he throws spinning kicks. Um, which you know sometimes works, but sometimes can get you uh, get you in trouble. Trains at Factory X in Colorado, I believe. So I, I don't really have any issue with his cardio. I don't think it should be an issue. Um, I just I, I think he's improving. You know, he's he's only what twenty six. So um, I think AJ Fletcher gets it done here. I think he gets some aggressive takedowns. I think he gets a lot of top time. Um, I think you know I don't know. I don't want to say he wins uh, striking exchanges, but I don't think he's going to get destroyed on the feet. Um, I just think he gets him down here, and um, I think that's that's how he gets it done. Maybe he submits him, maybe he doesn't, but give me A.J. Fletcher money line. I think he exposes Brian Battle here. Um, yeah, that's what I got. I like how me and you are on the opposite side of some of these, and I was not going to stay away from this, but the second I heard Fletcher money line, I got, I got triggered, and I started looking around, and now I'm going to take Battle Decision plus 225. <laughs> I'm gonna count on this uh, apex being a little bit of a you know shell shock uh, thing. So I got battle decision plus two twenty five. 
Uh, I, th- I imagine he kind of wins by backing up the whole time and just kind of pe- like get points him here and there. Maybe he like backs him. Up. I don't know. I'm just gonna. Yeah, you don't know, baby. We're in your head, baby. The uh, ghost Fletcher. Jesus Christ! No, isn't is AJ Fletcher the gentleman that's from Louisiana originally? Sadly, he is. He is the. Uh, he's from the boot. He went to ULL, the fake Louisiana State. Right, they and think they are Louisiana State. Yes, University, Lafayette. That's right. Fighting out of Lafayette, Louisiana, and when I hear that, I know another <laughs> gentleman who fights out of Lafayette, Louisiana, and I will never support that place. So, give me Brian Daniel Battle Cormier, decision. baby. Yeah. Well, listen, Brian Battle was born and in that Springfield, scum, Missouri. That's right? scum the diamond. Yeah, Connor the Diamond McGregor. Um, I think AJ Fletcher wins here. I think he rolls. I think he knocks him out in the first twenty five seconds. Oh come on, let's go, baby! No, I can't wait. That was a, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> but I do think he wins. <laughs> uh, Charles Air Jordan getting back in there, man. How about this? this? Is a banger. Charles Jordan and Ricardo Hamos. Uh, when is the last time Ricardo Hamos has gotten in there? We have minus one forty two, one fifty for Charles Jordan to Ricardo Hamos is plus. 125. It seems like it's been a while since Ricardo Hamos fought. Remember, well, remember he was supposed to fight Austin Lingo and he came in at like 160. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> and it's they're like, been, we can't, can't do this fight. Uh, over a year. It's been like a year. Danny yeah. Chavez, he, he spinning back elbowed him. Smoked that Before that, he lost to Zabira Tukagov. That is not good. It's never good to have that's that your boy. record. No, I that hate that your, fucking guy. That, <laughs> don't make no mistake. I hate that guy. He has a KO1 over Conor McGregor. Fun fact. No, he does not. He got put to sleep that night. And the last blow was to his brother. Uh, no, but I don't know what I like here, dude. I, I think I like Char- Charles Jordan. I- I've never been a huge Ricardo Hamos guy. He's good, but he's just not. I don't know. This is going to be just a wild fight, so I don't know if it's really bettable because you don't really know what version of either one of these guys is going to show up. Yeah, remember Ricardo Hamos got almost got guillotined by Journey Newsom. That was a that was a brutal, yeah, brutal. Right. That would have been a brutal look. Um, so I, I I like I like Ricardo Hamos. Man, he's got very 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 good pressure, especially early. But then after that, you know, that's <laughs> it starts to get a little weird. Also, you know, he has three spinning attack knockouts in the UFC, which is crazy. He has the um, the spinning back elbow against Danny Chavez, the spinning back elbow against Eamon Zahabi. Uh, and I believe, um, I guess I might have that incorrect. Maybe he's been involved in three because remember he got spinning back kicked against Saeed. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> so maybe that, that's what I meant. But he's got elite back taste. Like I said earlier, once he gets your back, man, you're probably cooked. Like, it, also, I heard like I heard after the Eamon Zahabi fight, he didn't really take things serious and was kind of partying a lot. And, and that's why he was in a close fight with Kung Ho Khan. That's why he lost to Saeed Nurmagomedov. That's why he almost lost to Journey Newsom. Um, maybe that, that's just what I heard. Um, you know, the Algio fight was good, but also sketchy, right? He got outstruck by Bill Algio, uh, Bill Algio. And then the two got fight lost that. So for, for everyone out there. <laughs> he's still, it's, it's crazy that Ramos is still young. I mean, both these guys are still young, really. Um, I think they're both born in 95, just like, uh, just like you and I. So perfect matchup. Perfect. Um, I love Charles Jordan, right? He dropped in guillotine Lando after um, in, in a good fight. And like I said about Hamas, he almost got guillotined by Journey Newsom. Just, you know, something to keep an eye on. Maybe uh, Jordan. I know it's hard to guillotine guys, especially Ricardo Hamas, but Charles Jordan, man, he's, he's very underrated uh, in his all-around game. But he just, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired also at the same time, right? I mean, the, the, the Shane Burgos fight, I think he got fucked over. I think he won that fight. Um, the Nathaniel Wood was a, that was just a tough, 
a tough uh, a tough battle, man. He just got kind of dominated. Not dominate, but you know, clearly beaten. got beat to the punch. Yeah, he really did yeah. just the whole night. I just I like Jordan's volume, especially late. He's got good boxing. He's got good body work. His takedown defense a little iffy, but you know, it's obviously something he's working on. I, I always forget how young he is. Both these guys. I, yeah. Again, I, I know I just mentioned they were both born in '95, but you know it. Guy, you know, guys are are not perfect in their in their mid to late twenties. They're not even close to, you know, their final form. So uh, I like uh, Hamos's leg kicks. I think he throws a lot of spinny shit. I think that might get him in trouble here. But I think Jordan throws a lot of stuff that could get him in trouble. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of like the under two and a half. But also, you know, I think I'm going to stay away from this fight. I think there's a lot of variance in this fight, and I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Just kind of like the main event. I like both these guys. I if I had a lean, it would be. Charles Jordan. Uh, just honestly, I, I feel safe to take his money line, but uh, I'm going to stay away. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think Charles Jordan wins this fight, but I just don't know how he gets it done. I don't know if it's going to be one of those kind of like decisions where this guy just keeps out last. Like he just, they each take bombs and then they just, you know, the fight just keeps on going. It seems like seemingly just keeps going and keeps going. Uh, it's been a year, like you said, since Danny Chavez. I don't like that. It's the last time we saw uh, Ricardo Hamos. He came in like like ten pounds overweight for the Austin yeah. Lingo fight. That was like really a bad look. And I don't know. I just I'm gonna hope all this means that Ricardo Hamos is like you said. He's had there's been stuff in the past where he just hasn't taken this shit as serious as he probably should. And I think. Charles Jordan looked good in the Crone Gracie fight. He didn't, you know, he was smart. He didn't fuck around on the ground. He did what he had to do. He did what he that had to do. That guy didn't show up to fight. No, and that's that's how you have to fight guys like that, where they just that's their that's you can't go follow those guys to the ground. It's a it's a it's a trap. That's that's what they want you to do, and that's why a guy like Alex Caceres gets you know rear naked choked by him and shit like that. So I'm gonna go Charles Jordan inside the distance. My first ITD of the day, uh, yeah. plus two fifteen. I just think that Ricardo Hamas, like you said, maybe he gets caught doing something spinny shit or something bad happens where he just kind of creates a bad situation for himself. So, Jordan plus 215 inside the distance. And we keep it moving. This is now, we are now through the main car. We are now on to the prelims. This is going to be a long podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're almost done. Yeah, we're almost done, though. We, we, We run through these. Miles Johns, Dan Argetta. Dan Argetta was on the Ultimate Fighter. That's I have to tell everyone the Ultimate Fighter because I am the biggest Ultimate Fighter fan. He is a minus one eighty favorite to Miles uh, Miles Johns is plus one fifty five. So Dan Argetta is minus one eighty. Miles Johns plus one fifty five. Uh, I guess Ty, I'll ask you. I, I I like. I just never have been a fan of Miles Johns. I don't. You know. I just don't think he's that good. But uh, I guess I'll ask you what you. Th- I I don't really feel good about this. I I just like Dan Argetta's wrestling. And his kind of tenacity in some of these fights, and, and even the one, what was the one fight he lost? He kind of like looked good. Damon in. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he lost to Ricky Tercios on the uh, Ultimate Fighter, which bad, bad luck. Bad luck. But, but it was only a two round like, fight. I mean, he should have a he should have a win against Ronnie Lawrence. What yeah. happened is, I believe, um, who was the fucking ref for that? I think it was Keith Peterson. Um, if you would have just waited a little bit, he got a little antsy. If you would have waited a little bit, I think Ronnie Lawrence was tapped. He was he was ready to tap, I yes. think. Um, and I had a bet on Ronnie Lawrence. So, um, and obviously he beat that bum Nick Gear. That's right. I had fucking Argetta money. That now I remember that. I got <laughs> yeah. fucking screwed. No that nonsense. my night went downhill after that. Yeah, because <laughs> he was the underdog. That's right? how that works. Yeah, he was like plus uh, one seventy. 
He was plus 170 yeah. by the time it went down. Motherfucker. Now I'm pissed again. You know, now I'm betting Dan Argetta. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm betting Miles, Miles Johns. My oh, line. come I on. Miles Johns, I think Miles Johns. <laughs> I think Miles, Miles Johns is battle-tested. Uh, he has a high school wrestling background. He was the captain on his uh, high school team as a freshman. Um, he generally has good takedown defense, 92%. Uh, he works closely with uh, trains closely, I should say, with Garrett Armfield, who I uh, I, I like Garrett Armfield a lot. Oh, honestly, I. I think he's he's got some potential. Um, potentially, see what I did there. Hey. Um, I and when he fought the last time we saw him against Vince Morales, wasn't a great a great fight, wasn't a great look. But uh, he took that on like a ten days notice without without his corner. Like he didn't have anybody in his corner at all. I think uh, he's definitely been a letdown multiple times. The Castaneda fight that was that was just a huge a huge letdown. Uh, the Mario Bautista fight, I know looking back on it wasn't that bad, but, um, you know, I think the hype around Miles Johns at that point was pretty much at its highest, right? And then after that loss, after the the late win against Kevin Natividad, um, and then a late win against Dos Santos, like, you know, the the Bautista fight, honestly, the Cole Smith fight where he almost, <laughs> almost lost. Um, yeah, I, I can see why guys are not big Miles Johns fans. I just think Dan Argetta... Uh, his striking defense is, is just terrible. It's just so bad. Um, his wrestling's good. It's okay. Uh, I don't think it's amazing. Um, you know, Damon Jackson cracked him. I think that's kind of a, uh, I don't want to say red flag. I th- again, I think that was a tough fight. Um, I, but I do remember uh, when Argetta fought, what's, what was his fucking name? Diego Silva in LFA. Um, he won that. He barely won that fight, but he got hurt. And he got broken late. Uh, Silva did, um, but Argetta almost lost that one, man. And he's, you know, obviously the Tercios fight that you know losing that guy just shouldn't happen. I, I believe Dan Argetta's still at a smallish gym that he trains in. I'm not completely sure, but I think Miles Johns is better on the feet. I think he's going to be able to keep him uh, off him. I think he might even be able to get some success wrestling. I just worry about Miles Johns gassing. That's what I worry about. So. Um, you know, I think he can win two rounds easily or finish them. So I got Miles Johns money line. I think he gets it done. Battle tested. Dan Argetta hasn't really been here. Um, I know he has. You know, his last fight was pretty good, but you know, Ronnie Lawrence has some quitting him. I, I got Miles Johns here. For the record, uh, we're at Jackson Wink now. Uh, Dan Argetta. Oh, okay. So that's, well, that's not bad. But also, Jackson Wink's kind of falling on hard times lately. But Miles Johns plus one fifty five for you. Um, you are all money line on the underdogs tonight. You are Fade City today. I am going to take our get a decision plus 170. So it's crazy. Me and you are like doing the exact opposite of what we always do. I always I bet know. inside the distances and you always like kind of, you know, don't, you don't really like, you know, you're not a big underdog guy. So you don't really like, no. you know, fire all these underdogs, but shout out to Dave Greenlaw. That's the underdog king. Yeah. And this, and this is what happens when you bet. Or when you you know are, are sitting here betting an apex card, that's kind of you know on a random <laughs> Saturday. This is what you have to do. You have to kind of just listen. If, fuck around. If I lose, if I have to lose all these for you to become rich, it's a small price to pay. Yeah, honestly, same for to salvation. you. Man. You know, like it's we're just trying to make each other some money here. So yeah, how about, somebody needs. To how about this, dude? This is a fucking little sneaky <laughs> fight here. The Dirty Bird, Tim Means, getting in there against Andre Filajo. These are guys who go to sleep. I mean, they they both go to sleep. <laughs> With seemingly regularity, I mean, uh, I know I don't. Yeah, Tim means he. Well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say go to sleep. He's got 19 KOs, two KO losses. He's got five submission losses to his 
I'm sorry, seven submission losses to his five submissions. So he's got on a three fight losing streak where he's been Darcy yeah, and he lost a split decision. Uh, now uh, Falaho just seems like if you touch him, he's going to sleep <laughs> these days. It's he had a little bit of a run there when he was. What was he knocking out? Baeza, and then he Cameron know, Van destroyed Camp. Cameron Van Camp. But then, you know, Jake Matthews and fucking Muslim Salikov and Joaquin Buck, they all just they took all turns just sending him to the shadow realm. We got Tim Means is plus 163. I'm sorry, 136, 135 to a 165 for Andre Filajo. Ty, I don't know really what I would bet. I, I kind of I might move on to your camp. I, I, I no, I don't really trust either one of these guys. I think Tim Means just does not take a shot well, but I guess he doesn't get KO'd all that often. I really don't know what's gonna happen here. Yeah. Um you know, he's been durable most of his career, but it's it's starting to go, man. His durability is definitely starting to wane. Um he and I believe he knows he's almost done. I think he's he's pretty much talked about it in interviews. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's almost it's almost the end of the road. That's never good. I mean, I guess it is good that he knows, you know, and he's not an idiot. Like, oh, this is my last. I'm, I'm going to, you know, try to get a title shot and, and get some wins. It's like, all right. Um, well, you're, you've lost three in a row. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, he's been ta- getting more takedowns as of late, it seems like. You know, obviously, he's a, just an absolute seasoned vet. Um, he relies a lot, especially maybe now at his old age, on on, uh, on pressure. Um and I think, you know, Andre Fihala, when he gets pressured, it's when he, you know, pretty much doesn't throw going back, going backwards, doesn't really throw much. And that's when he gets hit. You know, he's very, very chinny. Um, I know he has power in his hands, but he it, it seems like he gets caught in the middle of an exchange in between punches much more than he catches other guys. So I don't know if it's just, you know, a combination of things, you know, his boxing kind of being sloppy and his chin just being right there and his chin not being good. Um, he's, he's pretty much overhand, right, left hook, leg kick. That's like all he is, uh, Fialo. It's just, you know, he throws very hard. I mean, you know, whew, looking at his striking numbers, three strikes per landed per minute, uh, significant and 5.6 absorbed per minute. That is just, whew, that's not good. Uh, striking accuracy, 39%. His striking defense, 50%. Just, you know, bad numbers all around. I guess you'd just be hoping on him catching an older, aging uh fighter really which i you know i guess is possible but tim means over the course of his career has been obviously um you know look look what he did to mike perry that fight was awesome um obviously the kevin holland fight didn't go his way never was going to uh the max griffin max griffin fight was very close i know he got knocked down it's probably what really cost him um and the murata fight i thought he was winning up until he shot a nasty guillotine uh takedown and got guillotined so I, I you know I want to take Tim Means plus one forty, uh, and I am going to take Tim Means plus one forty. I think Andre Fiala stinks. I don't think he's a fighter that should be a favorite over almost anybody unless they're brand new to the UFC and they're very you know like six and one or or something like that. I, dude, Tim Means, you know, again, I, I understand what's going to happen, but or, or what could happen that he gets caught, but. You know, why can't he catch Andre Fialo? Why can't he knock Andre Fialo out? You know what I mean? He absolutely so, can. Uh, and why can't he just easily outgrapple Andre Fialo? I, again, I, or outlast him. I think he has much more car. I think he's all around better. All around the better fighter. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he's going to get caught with something big and everyone's going to be like, see, Andre Fialo, that's why he was inside. So, I don't care. Give me Tim Means, money line plus 140. 
this is I want to take his inside the distance, but I'm just being a money line uh, king tonight. I really like under one and a half plus one twelve. I'm not going to take it though, but I, that is something that jumped out at me right away because I think somebody's going to sleep here. I know that this fight, like fight, does not go decision is minus two forty. So it's a good I parlay piece. Yeah, like if that's something that you want to bet, then that. I like that. But I'm going to go. You're not going to like this. Filaho TKO plus one ten. I'm just going to come on. Yeah, I'm telling you. Listen. Uh, I'm going to count on there being the 10-year age gap, which is insane. Uh, Filahu seems like he should be, like, 39 and means be, like, a little bit younger than him. But no, like, Filaho is a young guy who cannot take a shot well. I don't know if Tim Means – I mean, Tim Means does, you know I, – I don't know. I'm just going to count on him. He's really looked rough these last three times out. And yeah. So I'm just going to hope that that kind of – Trend repeats itself, and I mean, listen, Falaho is kill or be killed. I'm gonna hope he does the killing here. So, oh, he's dead. He's gonna get fucking slaughtered. I, like a lamb. I can't wait. I, we are on the opposite side of this entire. We are eating Andre Fialo stew for dinner, folks. Cody Brundage is a plus four eighty underdog <laughs> to Jacob Malkoon's minus four five fifty. I think this is one hundred percent an all, like an overcorrection. Uh, Jacob Malcolm. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of warranted after his performance against Mr. Dumas. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Cody Brundage, he's 8-5, and five, and it just seems like he has a lot of quit in him. And, you know, he that Treshawn Gore version of him doesn't always show up. Or the, you know, when he just smoked Dolce and, like, you know, it just... This is a guy who has a loss to Nick Maximov, and I... I listen, this almost seems unbettable, so... I don't really. I mean, Jacob Malkoon, Like, what? What would you get him at? I don't. I don't even know. Like, what would be the? I don't even know what you would bet on him to do. Like submission. Maybe probably not. Right. I mean, maybe but he doesn't even have a submission. <laughs> exactly. So, like, TKO is plus two fifty. Inside the distance is. Plus I would just take the over. You maybe think, even not. I don't. I, I don't, don't think know, this man. is bettable. I'm. Gonna, I'm probably going to stay away. Yeah. Like, there's honestly, a, I could see. I, I mean, I, I would feel gross afterwards, but I could see a world where I would be like, let's take a shot on Cody Brunage money line. But I mean, you know, either way, do you know how many, gross. do you know how many strikes uh, Cody Brundage has landed in the Dumas, Olksaychuk, and Dolce fight fights combined? Probably like seven. Seven. Yep. I didn't even know that. I just took a total number, I guess, because I was like, he didn't throw shit in any of those fights. His career high is twenty eight. And that was in a three-round fight against Nick Maximoff, which he lost. Um, he is—he's um, just not very good. I don't know. I—I I, I don't know. Like he—he he can definitely you know get you in some spots, but he also just fucks himself constantly. Just constantly is is tripping under uh, over his own feet. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what his problem is, but. Um, he quit the Dumas fight, by the way, like completely over two and a half is minus one twenty. Just interesting. Um, yeah, he definitely did. I think Jacob Malkoon is Robert Whitaker's wrestling coach, right? Something along um, those lines. He has all kinds of different takedowns, trips, and, and single legs and double legs. He has some box, boxing experience, but you know, obviously, he, he took some shots from Maximoff, so that's not that's not where his bread is buttered. Uh, he also might have won. The Allen fight, I think he still lost, but it was a very he made it very close, and I was not expecting that at all, honestly. He's got good top control, he's pretty athletic. Uh he's not athletic, I should say. Uh he's very persistent to kind of make up for his lack of athleticism. Not that fast, not that doesn't hit hard, you know what I mean? Yep. But Cody Brundage, just no gas tank, no IQ. Uh he remember he almost finished Adolfo Vieira 
didn't get it done, and then he was cut. Then he was done. It's like he didn't get the finish, and then he just gave up. He has good chokes, and he has decent power, but that's that's pretty much it, right? Like, I don't know what else he really has to his to his name. I mean, he just kind of has a couple fluke wins, like the Dolce fight. He was getting smoked, and then he just you know got him in a guillotine. Uh, the Treshawn Gore fight, whatever. Um, I just think he's the ultimate front runner. Low output. He's a quitter. Apparently, he's a world beater in the gym, in practice, in training camp. You know, he can't be fucking taken down. He can't be beat. He out outstrikes everybody in sparring matches. Everybody says he's just an absolute champion in the gym, but it just doesn't. It doesn't show up in the fight. You know, the the, the lights shine the brightest, and he just uh, he wilts. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to say about this fight. I I think Malcoon probably just out wrestles him to a thirty twenty seven victory. Like I feel like if you want to, you know, if you can bet Malcoon unanimous decision, I don't know if that's even bettable, but that's probably what I think happens in this fight. Yeah, the only thing that stops me or gives me concern there is that like the quitting aspect of him. He like he really does like Cedricus didn't really know what he was doing on the ground, so that I think that's why he wasn't really able to get that finish. I could see Malcoon a world where Malcoon kind of just smashes him and, and gets him out of there, so. I'm going to bet that inside the distance, plus 110, and just kind of hope for the same version. But like you said, I'm not going to be the guy who bets Brundage and is on the other side where he's mad that the thing that he knew exactly was going to happen happened. So, yeah. I mean, I could, de- like you said, though, I could definitely see it. Brundage is inside the distance, plus 650. I don't know. I just don't. Cody Brundage, like you said, it's either it goes his way right away or he quits like within the first two minutes and it's over. So, I'm going to count on him quitting. Uh, like he has five other times. So, Mo Usman. Oh boy, here we go. Mo Usman, Jake Collier, getting in here. We have Mo Usman's only a minus one thirty-five favorite here to Jake Collier's plus one twenty. This is a kind of just fat guys getting in there, and uh, we really don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose. I'm not sure I'd call Mo Usman fat, but well, I mean, is he is he small? No, but he's he's built like a tank. Well, yes, but. Uh, I'm going to go Mo Usman here. I don't listen. I am. I am the auto fade on Jake Collier. It, it, it has always been like that for me. Pretty much the prototype. He hasn't been a prototype in some time. You know, lost to Martin Boudet. He gets cleaned out by Chris Barnett. He gets, uh, like, uh, the split. The loss him to out. Arlovsky. Yeah. But I mean, who doesn't he beat yeah. Chase Sherman, but that's, that's it. Hey. John Volante. There you go. That's so, a good win. Marcel Fortuna, I know you, you were a big fan of his. Uh, he gets eliminated by Tom Aspinall in the first uh, you know minute of the fight. So he's been in the UFC since 2014. He's supposed that feels to fight like Volter, man. That seems like an absolute fever dream that he's been in the UFC since 2014. Um, yeah, he should have been. He he, the, the, he was supposed to be the sacrificial lamb here to For Mr. Walter. Walter, Walter Walker. Um, it's unfortunate that this didn't happen. Was that supposed to be at light heavyweight? No way, really. Or heavyweight. Um, no, I'm asking. I don't no, know. 265. Walter... Walter's a heavyweight. Oh, man. That's that's pretty terrifying for the entire world. Um, the Clean Monster, by the way. Just an absolute amazing nickname. Uh, we need to rebook him ASAP. Maybe he's not clean yet. Maybe that's, that's why we have to rebook him. That's probably the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't know what to think about this fight. Jake Collier's a blown-up middleweight. He, he's a hard worker. <laughs> but he's not very talented. You know, he, he, he's got some... Uh, He's got some some blubber, as you like to call it. Yeah, uh, Mo Usman's a big a big boy, but he's slow and rigid. I guess is the best way to explain. It. But he does have power. 
he's landing less than one significant strike per minute in the UFC, so that's not great. Um, but I feel like he can probably. I feel like he's stronger, quicker, hits harder than Jay Collier. I feel like he should have the wrestling success. Um, I I don't know. This I don't know what happens in this fight. Yeah, I mean it's it's such a close line that it makes me want to like pick somebody, but I'm definitely not going to. So I'm staying away. I think Mo Usman cleans him out, or I don't know. I just don't know. So what I'm if I away. what if I told you that Mo Usman inside the distance is plus two twenty five? Would would that change your mind at all? Uh, no. <laughs> well, that's what I'm taking. So, okay. Mo Usman, inside the distance, plus 225. Jake Collier on auto fade. That's just kind of how it goes. I can see this being the most boring fight of all time, me losing money, but I'm going to count on the heavyweights getting each other out of there. How about... Sure. How about Mizuki? Mizuki Inoue against Hannah Goldie. This is gross. This is disgusting. Hannah Goldie's going down to 115. I think her last fight was at... 125, where she got spinning elbowed and finished by Meatball Molly McCann. Now, my partner here, he has been the uh, probably the biggest detractor of Hannah Goldie that you could probably imagine in uh, all of the podcast, the MMA podcast game. Nobody hates her more than Ty does. So, uh, we're getting uh, Mizuki's in there for the first time since 2020, where she got a decision loss handed to her by Amanda Lemos, which is not you know looking back. Not that bad, but is there a reason she's been off for three years? I mean, she's tore, never she's she never KO'd tore, anybody, um, and she's never been KO'd. So she tore her ACL. That's not good. Um, that was a big. I mean, hey, three years off though, you know. Um, shout out to Trayvon Diggs, but I think. Come on. I'm just I'm, I'm giving him a shout out. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Hannah Coldy, uh, she's she's a good looking gal, and she's also shredded. She is shredded. I, uh. That's about it. That's that's about. She's also fighting out of Tampa, so maybe I can find her downtown one day and buy her a drink. Um, and hopefully, she doesn't armbar me on the bar. Um, she probably will. Yeah, she probably. I mean, listen. She lets me get a double leg on her. She's going down. No, um, I don't know. It's you know. Who cares? Mizuki, I mean, you don't even <laughs> have to act like you really care about this. I mean, really, Mizuki, like- Mizuki Inoue got outstruck by Wu Yanan Wu. Who? Yanan Wu, um, she got outstruck by her. She won, but she got, got outstruck by her. That's just, you know, that just can't happen. I know it was three years ago, four years ago, but um, yeah, that can't happen. And Hannah Goldie is, uh, what is she, one and three in the UFC? She, I mean, dude, losing to Miranda Granger is, um, <laughs> it's just, it's not, you know, it's not good. Uh, Danger Granger is like, I think she's lost every fight since she beat Hannah Goldie. Yeah, she has. She got Von choked by Corey McKenna. Oh my god! She lost to Ashley Yoder. So I just, you know, Hannah Goldie's one win being uh, Emily Whitmire, who is, yeah, bottom of the barrel, and she shouldn't even won that fight. Emily Whitmire just she gave her her arm literally on purpose. I feel like she she tried to lose. I feel like she had a money line uh, bet on Hannah Goldie. I I don't know what happens in this fight. I think Mizuki in a way is a bit of a I don't know what do you want to call it like a spark plug. She's small and she's quick. But that's like it, you know. She has like quick hands, but they're both they're both pretty much on the smaller side. I don't know. Uh, Hannah Goldie peaked on the Contender Series. She tries to fight at range and point fight, but she's not really good at that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Mizuki in a way wins, but being minus three twenty five is just kind of wild uh, for somebody who got outstruck by Yanan Wu. So give me a nice hard pass on this one. You think she could sub her? 
Why not? I mean, she she does have nine subs to her name. She's never been subbed, and she's subbed nine times. So Mizuki in a way sub feels like a, a sneaky play. And I think I'm I'm gonna take it. I think I'm gonna take it. <laughs> in UA submission plus three forty. Uh, I don't like really feel confident. I would su- I would suggest everyone stay away from this. But well, the contender series submissions that we hit really got you in the mood to to itch on some more, huh? Well, I just want I just want action, man, and that's that's all I'm about. I love action, so. Plus three thirty. That is a big time number. I like that number for somebody who's minus three hundred. Who I don't feel good about this at all. So I'm going to keep moving. Uh, Montserrat, <laughs> Montserrat Rendon. Not to be confused, not to be confused with, with Anthony. Anthony. Rendon, yeah, let's go. She is fucking shredded, dude. Oh my she's god, her tapology. She's catcher. a big dude. She's got a fifteen pack. Sorry. Jesus Christ. She's yeah. Uh, she also has a large. She has a large. Uh, Upper body in general. Yeah, I would say. yeah, you could say that. Uh, she's <laughs> fighting Tamires Vidal, who we have both talked about. She kind of looks like young MA. So uh, she's <laughs> she's coming off of a win against Ramona Pascual. Uh, I listen, Ty. Do you the have, worst fighter to ever grace. The yeah, UFC, do you have I any thoughts ever. on this? Um, yeah, I mean the young MA reference is wild, but um, <laughs> I think I think Anthony Rendon here is. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I went, I went back and watched her uh, like um, her fight against Brittany Cloudy. It's gonna be Cloudy out, and uh, man, I thought she lost that fight. And that chick is um, pretty bad. It turns out she's six and five. The Quiet Storm, Brittany Cloudy. Um, she has a win over uh, nobody, nobody I know. So she's lost to Haley Cohen. She lost to Aaron Blanchfield in a split in Aaron Blanchfield's first fight. Uh, she loses a bunch of splits, but I thought this was a pretty close fight that I watched. I was like, man, you know, this chick making her debut. I, I don't know. She's only 5-0. and um, She seems pretty slow, like very, very slow, but she's willing to trade, and she throws a lot of volume, so I do like that. She's a Mexican warrior, so she, you know she's not going to quit. Uh, a typical Mexico versus Brazil fight here. Uh, Tamiris Vidal, I feel like she's the favorite because of um, her flying knee knockout win. And also, I'm pretty pretty sure her flying knee hit Ramona Pasquale like, on the chest. So, like, <laughs> you know, I think that's I, I, you know Ramona Pasquale looks like you know you'd find her working at your local uh, wherever. I won't even say any specific place, but she's working downtown somewhere. Uh, she also missed weight badly against Vidal. She's just you know I don't know where they found her, and they're like, hey, come to UFC. But yeah, she's not good. Yeah, she's you know. Um, I guess she's supposed to fight Amanda Libra. Is she in PFL? Oh my goodness! Um, the th- I just the thing I can't get over <laughs> is when I when I went back and watched Tamaris Vidal fight Tamiras Vidal. I keep saying Tamaris Tamiras Vidal fight against Aileen Perez in like a four by four gym in the middle of like the woods somewhere. Um in a fight where Tamiris Vidal won via illegal knee. Pretty much, I don't know if you remember this, Eileen Perez did every illegal strike That's or right. action known to man under the sun at least once, including multiple illegal knees. <laughs> and Tamiris Vidal pretty much said, I'm not, st- not going to stand up. I quit, and she got the win. So between me and you, she's 6-2, and two, not 7-1, and one, but... Um, that's neither here nor there. I got Monster at Rendon money line. Give me the underdog in this fight. Send me to the, send me home, Anthony Rendon. 
So one of us is going to make some money, and one of us is not here as well. So uh, you got <laughs> Rendon, Anthony Rendon, plus 210 here on the money line. This Let me just yep. tell everyone out there, don't bet this fight. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie to you. But uh, Tamiris Vidal, I'm going to bet on the fact that this other girl is not going to have enough juice for her and that she's going to quit and uh, – yeah, all right. I'm gonna go Vidal inside the di- Don't bet this fight. Get me Vidal, out. Fuck out of here. Vidal inside the distance plus two fifty. Get that's just terrible. Let, let let me let me live. So that is UFC Vegas seventy nine. Uh, you have five plays. I have way too many. I have uh, nine, I believe. So uh, do you have any? You know, I'm not, I don't even feel like talking about the, the Bellator. I really could care less. No, um, no. I mean, Johnny Eblen's gonna walk through Fabian. Uh, Aaron Pico is a minus twelve hundred favorite. Uh, Pico yeah. Grams. There's really nothing bettable here, other than maybe you want to fade Peter Quelly, but he's uh, <laughs> minus six hundred. So uh, Danielle is not that good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sabah Hamazi's on this card, so that's good. Uh, Daniel Veichel has like ninety five Bellator fights. He's back against Mads Burnell, who has like eighty. Uh, Sinead Cavanaugh. She's she's getting in there with Sarah Collins, who I believe uh, is a singer. Backup singer is what she does in her free time. No, um, Charlie Ward's fighting Gregory Bobine, who's twenty two and eleven. Not sure who that is. Uh, Mine's the runner favorite, by the way. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Zabit's younger brother Hassan Magomed Sharipov is getting back in there. Mine's he is three and zero. Jesus Christ, he's three and zero in Bellator. He's only twenty two, so he is looking to pick up where Zabit abruptly left off to become a doctor. Davi Galon. Is getting back in there, Mister uh, Mister Davi is yeah he's getting back in there. Who else? Um, there's 21 fights in this fucking yeah, card. That is just you know who cares. Um, ben Stiller's daughter is getting in there. Mackenzie <laughs> Stiller. So good to see her active. Yeah, uh, for <laughs> for Con Corkmaster's brother Attila is on this card. It appears so I you know. He's fighting out of Germany, which is not where Furcon fights out of. But you know, he has to he has to hide where he's from. He doesn't want to get jumped again, you know. So uh, he's fighting Davi Galon, and I think our boy Korkmaz is plus one twenty. Dude, give me Korkmaz's brother money line plus one twenty. This fight card starts at eleven a.m. Oh, it's in. It's Dublin. not going to end till eleven p.m. Yeah, they're going to be there all day. 20, Maybe later. Twenty fights. <laughs> all right, uh, the uh, that's crazy. Is uh, I guess Megabit Sharipov had another fight that got kind of canceled, so now he's fighting some gentleman that has a lot of tattoos. So there you, there go. you go. There's Bellator 299. Uh, next one is the last one, supposedly, but I guess then they're going to keep it going. So who knows? Nobody um, knows. I don't know. Who cares, honestly, too, if we're being <laughs> honest. But that is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Um, do you have also, any? Also, real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I think Val Grosso 3 is next, I believe. Uh, after the Noche, Dana White was, I believe, on vacation, of course. But after the Contender Series, he was was there and and, and was uh, was made available to speak. Yeah, and then he said uh, Blanchfield Firo is next. So I, I'm pretty sure we like anticipated that anyway. I think we, we might have spoken into existence. I don't know. She got a fucked up hand, though. So I, I guess it's going to be a while until we see yeah, it. Yeah, but... she has to get surgery, right? Sir, did I say surgery right? I feel like I just I think, said it. No, weird. you did. It sounded right to me. Okay. I don't know if you did, but uh, I'm pretty much. You know, yeah, we're cooked here. I can't believe we went <laughs> this long, but Blanchfield and uh, Fioro should run it uh, after or next. So to kind run of it. yeah, figure out who's next. But 
I got it. That's all, guys. Um, this is the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I checked out of the game. I, I asked yeah. out. I asked for a sub. We're probably in prevent defense. Yeah, we're, we, we're already up thirty points. I'm on the bench waving my towel right now. So <coughs> that is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Uh, my name is Matt McSweeney. As always, Ty Capone here. As always, make sure you buy a plunger before you need a plunger. Always, and make sure you have toilet paper on deck. <laughs>